0: The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now. What is on my mind right now? Politics, life, small business stuff. I get a little deep on some of the things on my mind and thoughts from the heart, random thoughts, really random, on That's It, That's All.
1: You are listening to That's It, That's All with Sean DiMatteo.
0: You are listening to That's It, That's All. I'm Sean guma The podcast is proudly brought to you by our friends at Get LLC. This consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm serves government and private sector organizations in Micronesia. Need help on developing a business plan? Need guidance on energy-efficient upgrades for your workplace? Ask Get LLC. They can be found on the web. At get-guam.com. Check them out today. Welcome to those listeners checking out the podcast in Defiance, Ohio. Excited to greet those new listeners in Loomis, California, up there in Placer County, and Haley Station in Ontario, Canada. Thank you all for listening. Can't forget the listeners right here, the other home base of the podcast in Hoggett, Guam. Half a day to you all. The format of That's It, That's All is simple. Let the podcast take you from one end of the island of Guam to the other. By the time you get to the other side, it's all complete. Remember to download the podcast ahead of that next bike ride before you start the shift on your laptop computer or just ahead of your planned road trips. Thank you to our friends at RedCircle.com in pushing out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. That's It, That's All can also be heard on the iHeartRadio app and on Pandora. The podcast is a part of the KWM Podcast Network, Micronesia's leader in award-winning broadcast news and information, and the multimedia home of original programming originating from the island of Guam. Hit the like, subscribe, or follow buttons of That's It, That's All wherever you get your podcasts today. A different podcast, just some random thoughts, a bit different than the other two episodes that share the name, well, sort of. I hope this keeps you glued and then you surely should hit that like button like I asked you to do just a couple of seconds ago. And let me just jump right in to the headlines in Guam this past week, perhaps the worst off week for the legislative branch of the government of Guam in many, many, many years. How many many's is that? You can't make this stuff up. Lawmakers had been working for months on a way to compensate survivors of the occupation of Guam by Japanese imperial forces during World War II that fell through the proverbial cracks with the implementation of the Guam World War II Loyalty Recognition Act. It's a federal law. Now, there are folks who may have not been able to participate in this federal program that should have there are folks that this program may have, quote, been missed. Still, it would only be for survivors of this dark time in our island history. As of this podcast, 3,835 claims have been adjudicated by the Foreign Claims Settlement Commission of the United States from 2018 to July of last year. There are some estimates that approximately 700 people either missed the deadline to apply back on June 20, 2018, after a year plus of pushing out the information to island residents near and far. There was some hope for the 700 people still on the fringe to be compensated, though an impact to the local coffers versus the federal government. Now, I'm not going to debate whether or not local public policy should have been created to address it. With a Democratic president, majorities in Congress, a Democratic governor, and Democratic legislative majority, there could have been a better decision than tap limited local resources for this small part of our community in the heart of a pandemic. I digress. Well, the bill passes, plenty of press releases heralding its passage, then sent up and back from Adeloupe for what is being described as an error in the engrossing of the bill. For our less technical policy wonks listening, the bill sent to Governor Lou Leon Guerrero was not the one passed by lawmakers in September. Plenty of time to put it together. Plenty of time to review. Plenty of time to say something. A month later, and we're hearing plenty of apologies. Now, I am a bit shocked by all of the sorries that went around. Crazier than that, was the attempt to make what Speaker Therese Terlahi called, quote, technical changes that led to a walkout by five of the minority senators of the 36th Guam legislature. There seemed to be this want to have a public chastising of staff to protecting their collective asses in the eyes of the 700 Manumko or elders this measure was supposed to assist. The Pacific Daily News quoted one of the five Republicans, Senator Joanne Brown, who said quote, "Someone should have been held responsible, and we should be held responsible for this mistake, because this is a major mistake." Close quote. For her part, Speaker Tullahi said quote, "While colleagues have made accusations in the media that the clerical error was intentional, I remain committed to honoring the credibility of this institution, the tenant of attorney-client privilege, as well as the will of this body to provide a productive solution. Close quote. Put this snafu into perspective. There is something like 218 measures introduced since this legislature was sworn in. Democrats are trying to throw cold water, on Republicans arguments that there should be some accountability here again to cover their asses not sure what some of the GOP members are wanting to accomplish here I get the public disclosure sure that makes some sense but with the election cycle underway any goodwill is tossed out right here and now before the major push into decision 2022 the whole thing is like trying to get lawmakers to skate on ice with roller skates. Correct an error. Well, correct what you want. The people are already fuming at senators for shortchanging agencies for fiscal year 2022 with the recently passed Budget Act. We're less than a month in. Senators felt maybe no one would mind such crazy policy, making as cases from the third surge of COVID is on a downward trend in recent weeks They're even trying to get back to session floor to correct this war claims immediately. I don't get it. Fund education fully so there is no shortages into quarter four. They found money for war claims, but our 26,000 public school students get the shaft. How about public health? They can use the financial bump. The priority should be to knock down COVID. Instead, the urgency on the war claims matter is faster than laws to give more help to the lead agency in the pandemic. How about Guam Police and the Department of Corrections? The only right correction to the Budget Act is more money for these public safety agencies. The ask to help Armanumco should not be from our fragile coffers, but the federal treasury. The lead Democrat for Guam on Capitol Hill should take a hint from his fellow Dems at home and work on a federal fix. Oh, that would mean actually working. From the guy who GovTrack.us, noted was the second most absent in votes compared to all representatives, introduced the 32nd fewest bills compared to House Democrats, and ranked the 36th, the bottom follower compared to House Democrats. welcome back. Life is good. This podcaster can say that all is right in the world. There are ups and downs. I see it in the classroom and talk about the good and bad with my students at the University of Guam. I ask folks the important question either at the cash register, at our local mom and pop stores, or the various island grocery outlets to save some money with the prices of commodities seeing increases. Call it inflation, if you will. The answer to my life question has been in the affirmative for the most part. Being positive in the face of the ongoing global pandemic seems to be a bit more challenging. Waking up in the middle of an island paradise, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, more than compensates. It tells me that hope is still alive and well here. Writer Arthur C. Brooks took on this question in his weekly column in The Atlantic recently. The title, quote, The Meaning of Life is Surprisingly Simple. That's the name of the title. It's a good read. I would urge you to check it out. But it starts with this. Quote, Want to live in a directed, resolute way to always know why you're doing what you're doing? There's a simple way to make your dreams come true. Go find the meaning of life. Close quote. So profound. So very simple. I thought the article reflected where I am at these days, whether it is in the college classroom, working on the different projects in support of my small business, on the field with my master soccer teammates in Guam, or writing and producing this particular podcast. Life does have meaning. Many of you may be debating that in your heads right now and maybe debating with your friends and family. Let me offer up some important points. Take them or leave them. There are those who have been saying since even way before the COVID-19 emergency that life is meaningless, that we can be truly free if we accept this truth, as they say. You can decide this, what is true, that life is good for you. I'm not exactly the scholar on this particular issue, but what I do know is that, at least for me, all is good. If we're seeking it, we can find good things in even the craziest of times. We just have to look, look very hard. I struggle to find the good in the local newspapers, television or radio newscasts. Localized ads on YouTube or Facebook are really not there either. What is there? Well, the comfort of the cooking in my home, I have a meal, I have leftovers of that meal, in plenty of households in Guam, Micronesia, and the rest of the region and world, this is really not the case. This basic necessity is absent in plenty of places. For sure, I am thankful. How about my faith? I am rooted in my Catholic faith. I go to church regularly. I am happy with thanking the Lord for not only forgiveness of my sins, but for the blessings He has given me through my wife, kids, and my gifts in doing what I do to include this podcast. Finally, my health. Vaccinated here, Staying six feet from folks regularly, I wear a mask out and about, except when playing soccer outside. I'm washing my hands, I'm doing it, and singing the happy birthday song most times. Okay? But is this really all maybe a hoax, this whole thought of life being so great? Well, this is the subject of an article dated on October 2nd, 2021, by Dr. Iskra Vileva in Psychology Today. The article, titled, Is the meaning of life an illusion? Notes that individual life may seem or less meaningful depending on how it is lived and that even the most meaningful lives will end and be forgotten. Dr. Vileva references French philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre, who said that the moment we realize we are not immortal, we see the meaning of life as an illusion and that conscious life is a miracle and each of us however long or short our lives, embodies that miracle. Fileva writes, quote, It is not that human life as a whole has meaning then. The existentialists were right that it does not. Rather, conscious life is, if you seriously think about it, a miracle. Not in the sense that it violates the laws of nature, but in the sense that it somehow arose from inorganic matter against all odds. And each one of us, however long or short our lives, whenever and wherever we may have lived, embodies that miracle. Close quote. Hoax? No. Miracle? Yes. Life is good. And we should be thankful regardless of the crazy that stands before us today.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC,
0: This year, my small business has entered its 10th year in business. Although it's no small milestone, we have been focused on building for the next 10 that we barely stop to reflect on everything we've done right to make it through the first decade of operations. But this pandemic has really forced us to do so and do so quickly. My friends and colleagues often ask my wife and I, how do we do it? And what has made our company work during the COVID-19 pandemic? We realize that like most things, it's complicated, yet very simple at the same time. The same things that make you a successful person make you a successful business person. A few things that we've learned over the past 18 months, both in life and in business. Operate with integrity, value relationships, focus on the big picture, keep learning and challenging yourself. A disruption can be a great time to reflect on new ways of reaching your customers, both locally and beyond. It creates an opportunity to map various scenarios to improve your bottom line so you can shift rapidly as the business environment is changing just as quickly. Here are some considerations, though. Certain products or services may be higher in demand at this time, or your distribution and delivery methods may have to change temporarily because of the global pandemic. Anticipate your customers may disengage or expect big changes in their buying behavior. Now, this means we must think about new ways to reach out to our customers. Don't be afraid to test different methods and adapt them if they don't work. By definition, service excellence refers to the ability of service providers to consistently meet and sometimes even exceed customer expectations. This implies that the true meaning of excellent service is related to the service itself and customer expectations of it, which also means that the burden of providing excellent customer service falls on even the cheapest of brands or even the smallest of businesses just like ours. At the same time, 72% of customers would share a good experience with six or more people. In the world of word of mouth marketing, this is a huge figure, with 74% of consumers considering word of mouth to be a key influencing factor in their purchasing decisions. So, as online rev- reviews and recommendations from friends and family reign in this age of conversation, proper service design, and customer experience, delivery, have become more crucial than ever to long-term profitability that we're all seeing. In a September 16, 2021 article in Forbes magazine, content strategist Haley Selby wrote that with today's world changing fast, organizations need to be nimble to keep up with it. Now, Selby said that organizations need to be able to extract powerful signals from the noise To respond to market fluctuations quickly and to predict changes before they happen. She said, quote, using data-led insights to shape strategies in real time seemed unique a decade ago, but now it is critical for brands looking to maximize their return on investment. Close quote. Selby adding that data is driving this type of transformation in business and often requires. A new strategic focus. So, I ask all of you this important question. Based on your experience, what are some of the ways in which your organization can identify its customers? Now, it's important for an organization develop, to develop techniques to identify their customers and maintain the quality of products and services. It implies that changes in policies and other decisions should be taken with the focus on the customers. Here are some of the ways in which an organization can follow this principle know and identify your customers. Consider all customers as human beings with needs and expectations and not as mere numbers. Treat every customer as special and give them individual attention and effective solutions for their problems. Now, in an April 2nd, 2020 article by McKinsey and Company entitled Adapting Customer Experience in the Time of Coronavirus, now more than ever, People need extra information, guidance, and support to navigate a novel set of challenges from keeping their families safe to keeping their kids learning when schools are shut down. They want a resource that they can trust, that they can make them feel safe when everything seems so uncertain, and that offers support when so much seems to be overwhelming. So... Show interest and sincerity in your interaction with your customer. Try to explore how your work can be valuable for them. Try and understand the situation from their point of view, the customer point of view. Customers' normal patterns of life have simply come to a halt. Simple activities like a trip to the grocery store or dining out with friends are now difficult, risky, or even prohibited in some places in the world. Overnight, Demand patterns have surely shifted. For example, overall online penetration in China increased by 15 to 20%. In Italy, e-commerce sales for consumer products rose by 81% in just a single week, creating significant supply chain bottlenecks in that country. Customers both in Micronesia and abroad need digital, at-home, and low-touch options digital-led experiences will continue to grow in popularity once the coronavirus is quelled or dropped, and companies that act quickly and innovate in their delivery model to help customers navigate the pandemic safely and effectively will establish a strong advantage in a post-pandemic world economy. Is that random enough? It was pretty fun to put this particular podcast together for you. If you have any suggestions or comments, check me out on Twitter and leave a note. At Sean Gumatau. Good, bad. Appreciate all the words. Trust me on that. That's it. That's all. If you enjoyed this podcast, download, press subscribe, or follow us right now. More great content is on the way. Talk to you soon.
1: The that's it, that's all podcast is produced by Sean Gumatau. Executive producer is Trisha Gumatatoo hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening. The
0: KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, Awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now.